here we are, game week 38, it's all over, and that is it for the Premier League season, and what a season it was. We look at the final round of fixtures on today's episode, and cast the curious eye to the future of several of these clubs, particularly those heading down to the Championship. As usual, usual lineup. Like, we've been rock solid throughout this entire season, so it's myself, Jack, and my co-host Hugh. How are you today, Hugh? I'm good. We did it. We did a whole season of podcasting about football and it's been quite the trip hasn't it quite the adventure I can't believe we're actually at the season close that's mad yeah I I think we've done well they say that 99% of podcasts drop off after about 25 episodes and we are we are here episode 57 I think so we're in the 1% that's where everyone wants to be mate the top 1% oh that's the first time I've been the 1% of everything it feels good (laughs) <laughs> me, me too mate long way it rained we need to clutch onto this for as long uh, as possible I'm still waiting to hear back from Mensa so I guess this will have to do until then so we're in an exclusive yeah. company yeah it's been it's been a ride it's been nice thank you to everyone who's been with us along the way wherever you are wherever you may be but it was quite the round of uh, fixtures at the end wasn't it I think everyone was just like fuck it it's just fucking score some goals <laughs> It was indeed, and I'd like to start with a few interesting facts for the season. This is the first Premier League table ever where the top 10 clubs have a positive goal difference and the bottom 10 clubs have a negative goal difference. Some nice Mm. symmetry symmetry. within the Premier League table. It really shows the difference between the top 10 and the rest, doesn't it? The whipping boys at the bottom and the rest. Uh, Well... And then... No, yeah. Probably. The other fact for you, which is interesting, this is, I believe, don't fact check me anyone because this might be wrong. I believe this is the highest scoring Premier League season since Premier League records began. Surely not. It was a close one. Surely but not. I believe that the 4 4 Southampton Liverpool helped get us over the line. I mean, that makes sense. So we have been treated. We have been treated this season. I'm not sure if it was a vintage season overall, I have to say. I don't feel like it had that many really oh, memorable moments that we'll look yeah, back on. The 7-0 thrashing of United. Like, we had Chelsea's exceptional drop-off. We had Arsenal's exceptional title run. <laughs> we had City just being <laughs> fucking City. RIP. We had the strongest relegation battle in recent memory. I disagree. I think it's been a fun season. You know what? Maybe I'm speaking from a selfish standpoint. As a Liverpool fan, I've not enjoyed it very much, if I'm honest, and I won't be thinking about it ever again. The thing is, mate, no... It's the season of Darwin Nunes. We're going to pull out that tiny violin for you, because you're fifth, where Arsenal have been gagging for the last, what, <laughs> six years? We've only been fifth. So I think you are in the top 1% of spoilt football fans if you think your season has been <laughs> that bad. <laughs> been appalling mate I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure that Everton Leicester and Leeds fans Southampton fans are all crying for you right now bro <laughs> <laughs> mate the irony is that the Everton fans look absolutely overjoyed as like, they the celebrations should. there were something else as they should as they should I mean so, if anything Liverpool have just regressed to the norm no offence bro so welcome back we'll, get, we'll talk about it more We'll talk about it more. It wasn't a good summer transfer window in hindsight. I can't look at that transfer window last summer and say any of those transfers have worked out. 
Now we're here. Oh, we love Darwin. Darwin Nunes. He come from Benfica. Okay, no, it's too early to be doing all this shit. Fuck this. Right, look, we're gonna we've, we're doing an hour. There's a lot to talk about. We've already wasted four minutes waffling. Right, Leeds one, Tottenham four. Leeds are down. They're down. Big Sam, a massive one point from his final four games. <laughs> maybe, maybe two. He came, he cleaned up, and he got 250k for his troubles. Four games, one point. Stellar. Stellar work, really, if you can get it. Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you hire Big Sam? I hear you ask. And I don't know. I don't know. I would hire him. Anyone take him? But no, Leeds, honestly, I've had a stinker of a season. And I'm sure if you're asking any Leeds fans, the biggest mistake was letting Bielsa go. Jesse Marsh didn't work out. Javi Gracia did not work out. Big Sam did not work out. And it's a shame to see Leeds go back down so soon. Because you felt like they consolidated after their first season with with an identity of football. Which is, you know, so key to supporters, you know, really kind of bonding with their football club and it just felt like they were going to kick on but no they've regressed and now they find themselves in a real pickle in what's going to be I don't know if you've looked at the championship lineup next year mate but it's looking very fucking tasty it's looking very tasty is it that's exciting it's a good league if we had more bandwidth we'd actually have a proper look at it and maybe do a show but there's just no way that I'm watching another 12 fixtures a week there's no. just no way if anyone I wants to I don't like football enough to do something like that if any championship fans want to franchise us we'll actually we'll, we'll edit the pods and shit you know like if you want to do that under the from the backseat umbrella we're open mate we're open because as Jack said we cannot add another 24 games onto what already is a very big big schedule for me and Jack on top of everything else but anyway we're talking about Leeds we're talking about Tottenham Tottenham have absolutely smashed it 4-1 where has this been all season not here not here and you just felt no first two two minutes in Kane scores inevitable isn't it Leeds just too leaky same story yeah I would say that if anything Tottenham scoring four goals truly highlights how awful Leeds were in this game because Tottenham have been dreadful their their recent form is dreadful and Leeds were so so bad that Tottenham had a nice they had a nice time for once they had a nice stroll Kane got two goals on the final day as he does he is a man who always turns up on the final day because he knows the defences are a bit on the beach and he he just turns up and 30 league goals this season for Harry Kane mad thing equaling his best ever Premier League season now, there is a genuine argument yes. to say that he is more deserving of Footballer of the Year than Haaland. There, there, that is not there as is merits to that. Simply because the absolute dross that he's had to deal with, the turmoil from the boardroom, he's on his third manager of the season, all the players around him have been either on the scale of not very good to just in awful form, and yet somehow he's had his best ever season well it's funny you should say that if he were to have scored the goals that he scored this this year he would have won the golden boot for the last four years and it's worth pointing out he he was the player that most performed his xg over the season so i think it was 30 goals to 22 xg so that's incredible from harry kane and make no mistake he's elite it's just he's been overshadowed by the norwegian robot and rightly so the norwegian robot has swept away the competition 
but that should not have any bearing on Kane's performance this year I mean without his goals where would Tottenham be where would they be well they they'd be they'd be with Chelsea they'd be with Chelsea probably you feel like you just put Harry Kane into Chelsea Chelsea are where Tottenham are probably higher just it's that simple he's carried them from about 14th to I mean where did Tottenham even finish it wasn't very good 8th I think without them yeah Tottenham are probably looking at somewhere in between Wolves and Chelsea in 13th place realistically it's been a horrible season and he's masked over all of those problems almost single handedly so let's talk about the two elephants in Tottenham's room A the manager search has gone to shit so what's going to happen there and B is Harry Kane going to stay is he going to stay is he going to stay so let's start with if I was Harry Kane I which one do you want to start with sorry I shouldn't have interrupted you it's just poor form we're better than this at the end of the season so let's just start with A go on the manager search it's been like three months and nothing Nagelsmann's been and gone Enrique hasn't picked up the phone presumably because I don't know why they wouldn't get Enrique it's just what's going on Arnie Slot didn't want to join him from Feyenoord it's just it's a pickle isn't it it's embarrassing at this point this is this is so enjoyable this is exactly what happened in 2021 the summer of 2021 when they spent all summer chasing a load of people and they ended up with Nuno and it's mind boggling that Daniel Levy is a supposedly a serious professional a credible businessman a serious sporting director and yet he has been rejected now by what 11 managers in the past two years for the job he cannot sell the Tottenham job to anyone there must be a reason there must be a big red flag for incoming potential incoming managers to reject the job because Nagelsmann seemed like the perfect fit why wouldn't you go for Nagelsmann why wouldn't Nagelsmann go for them they have so much potential as a squad Tottenham they have the facilities you know like it's a project that should really entice these kind of managers 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 and Nagelsmann, you know, clearly burnt from his time at Bayern, something to prove. It's just, what the fuck's going on? Like, why, why wouldn't you hire him? You know what's going to happen? It's, that, it's got to be Daniel Levy. It's got to be Levy? Yeah, I know what's going to happen. It's Right, Mason. It's going to be Brendan Rodgers. Oh. It's going to be Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> even Graham Potter. <laughs> even Graham Potter would be a viable candidate. For the record, for the record, I think Graham Potter is the ideal candidate because he will actually take the job, which is a big plus. No one else seems to want it. Also, he's got a point to prove. Anyone who's a spurned... Like, Odegaard had a point to prove. Got spurned by Real Madrid. That experience didn't go well. People with a point to prove are great hires because they will work extra hard and they will take the shit just to prove everyone wrong. And Graham Potter was the most desirable coach this season until he took the Chelsea job. And now we've seen what an absolute state Chelsea were. So I think Graham Potter is such an obvious choice. And he hates Chelsea now, probably. So he's got that going for him as well. Joining another competitive London club who hates Chelsea. It's all there, which is why it definitely won't happen because it's far too logical and sensible. There's got to be a reason, but we won't speculate too long. Listeners, if you think there's an ideal candidate, let us know what you think. Now, next question is obviously Kane's dilemma. A year left on his contract. There hasn't been, even in his kind of his post-season kind of message to the fans on, on social media, it felt non-committal, right? Knowing what his situation mm-hmm. is going into the summer. So I can... I just... I just feel like he is going to stay, though. I just... I can't see him playing for United. I can't see United offering 100 mil. We're anywhere close to that. 
for a man with one year left and he's 30 years old even though he's elite I just they're a match made in unholy matrimony and it's it's a worry for Kane I think yeah I see three scenarios basically most likely he stays and runs down his contract to Tottenham because I think he would like to stay in England regardless he's only about 50 goals away from Shearer's record mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. it'd be a shame to not go for that because that that is that is some achievement. That is some achievement. Yeah. That that will last at least until Haaland leaves the country. Scenario two, Man United get bought by Sheikh Jassim and they go all out and buy him for 150 mil as a statement signing. Plausible, possible. Or number three, Todd Bowley gives Pochettino a lot of money and Pochettino calls his mate because Chelsea can't score any goals now Chelsea reunites with Pochettino at Chelsea and becomes their talismanic number nine they've struggled to get since like no I'm sorry number three is just not possible because A Kane's been there through the whole Chelsea Tottenham rivalry he just wouldn't do that to tarnish his legacy he's so careful isn't he and B why would you move from Tottenham who are in eighth to Chelsea in twelfth I thought he wanted to win trophies yes it's a good point it's mostly because Pochettino's there now yeah, I think we can rule that one out. I mean, Man United, if it's going to be somewhere in England, the only team that's really going to do it is United. And like you say, if Sheikh Jassy takes over, then there's a high chance, like you say, there's a statement signing. If the current Glazers stay in the summer, which is now, it's leaning towards that. Looks like they've conned us all. Mm-hmm. It's taken Man United fans for a pointless ride. <laughs> then Classic. <laughs> they're not going to do it. I don't think they're going to do it. Or they'd just spend 100 mil on Anthony, so fuck knows, I don't know. Okay, look, we'll just boil it down to this. Jack, yes or no? Is he going to stay or is he going to go? He's going to go. He's going to go. I think he's going to stay. So there you go, listeners. Polarising to the death. Nothing confirmed. And yeah, let's move on to Leeds. We'll come back to... I want to talk about one point on Tottenham, which is Lucas Morris' send-off goal, which was just amazing. Now Leeds. Leeds are going down. Leeds have played a lot. got a lot of players on Premier League wages. What do you think is going to happen to them? I think what Leeds have done really poorly is they didn't sign players to improve the defence. They have basically the same defence from when they came up, bar like one or two people. So they have a championship defence with some promising players or some players that got slowly worse. Mm. Bielsa masked a lot of that with the Cavalier football. The decision-making at the top has been truly abject. There was an arrogance to Victor Orta by the end, just an arrogance to him. And the signings just got worse and worse and worse. And they just seem to have lost like, their identity since then. They deserve to go down based on this season. Yeah, they do. Ever since they got rid of Bielsa, there was an arrogance that they were too good to go down. And every new manager and new signing since Bielsa left has just got worse and worse. And it's honestly not a surprise anymore. Like, how would you go from Bielsa to Sam Allardyce? Like, the, the, the steps in that process take some doing, you know? They just got more desperate and, yeah. as the season end approached and they realised the position they were in. But like you say, they signed a lot of, on paper, good prospects. It's like if you play football manager and just signed Wonder Kids. But that does not translate into real-world football. And it's obvious Luke Ayling's passed it. Why is anyone near the first team? I just don't know. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Wasn't the right yeah, same, performance same in the right Same with Liam places. Cooper. Same with Liam know? Cooper. And then the players that they do sign, like... Bamford, good player last season, good player the season before. I don't think he's scored more than like one goal this season. Oh, he's been atrocious. He's this obviously season. not up to it. Yeah, they bought Jorginho Rutter. He was his record was about six goals, about twelve career goals altogether. No idea why he spent forty mil on him, and then not play him. 
So it's a mess. And this is the hard reset that they're just going to have to deal with, unfortunately. Do you think they can bounce back? A la Burnley? Yeah, they could do. Because they've got some good assets that they could sell to sort of cushion the blow. Mm. Like Jack Harrison, Willie Nonto. That's like a good 50, 60 mil there, potentially. And there'll be others. Tyler Adams, you can probably get some money for him. So I think, yeah, it depends on who the next manager is. Yeah, depends if they're back. Is it confirmed already? Isn't it? Isn't it Russell something? Nah, he was Southampton, wasn't he? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, he was Southampton. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I want to have one more word before we move on on Lucas Moura's final goal in the ninety-third minute. I love that. It was just like so fuck it. <laughs> you know, could have put yeah. came through for a hat trick, but no, fuck it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. It's so good. I have to say, like, I don't like praising Spurs scored... players, but the way he evaded that chop initially in the build-up when he's run from the oh, right wing, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Love that. Yeah, he scored two of the most. I mean, that that was like his iconic goal against Ajax. Mm. So it was a real nice tribute to his best moment, maybe in his career. So happy yeah. for him. I think good servant. Good servant. Underplayed. Underplayed. Underappreciated. But that's the thing, you know, these people, these players that are actually happy to be at the club and thankful are the ones that get underplayed and abused. So it's a shame how it ended out, but I don't that's think... That's the kind of player... That's the kind of player Leeds should be looking at, realistically. People like him. Good pros. He'd chip in of 10 or 15 goals for two seasons, you know? Yeah. Not this ridiculous young luxury players. Just get solid, underappreciated Premier League pros. Solidify. And then and then build. Anyway, let's move on. So we're doing the relegation teams, which were not the most interesting games, but the only one that had jeopardy in them. So Leicester 2, West Ham 1. Leicester, they had one job and they did it. They won, but it wasn't enough at the end of the day. They actually turned up and played quite well in this game. And it does beg a question, where was that like aptitude and attitude all season and that focus? Because they're just... There's nothing about Leicester going down that makes sense on paper. They're the seventh highest wage bill. Like, they have Europa League standard squad, I'd say, overall. They have the best player, arguably, like, a top five England player in Madison. So the best player in the bottom half by far. They score loads of goals. It just, it, it doesn't make any sense. Well... I don't understand how this has happened. They're but. so leaky, Leicester. Again, it's they just weren't defending. It's the same, similar story as Leeds, and they didn't get relegated because of this final day result. They got relegated for how bad they were throughout the season. Um, Jamie Vardy dropping mm-hmm. off, I think, was a major thing. Did they adequately replace Wesley Fofana? No, they didn't. So... Nope. I mean, they were hamstrung last summer. The warning signs were there. The fact that they couldn't make any signings until they sold Fofana tells you all about their situation in terms of their finances and... You know, I think they, it was just like a free hit in the hope that maybe they could get out of the season unscathed and rebuild. But it hasn't worked out that way because it has been very competitive league this year. And now they have a situation. Now I can see you've listed out the main men. So this is a good place to start. Harvey Barnes, what do you reckon? Stay or go? He's got to go. I think so. Mate, there's so many clubs who would love someone like Harvey Barnes. Like he's direct, he's homegrown, he's like good age, like 25, 26. He scores actually quite a lot of goals as an inside forward. If I had to guess... I mean, Brighton? Yeah, I was thinking... Brentford? I was thinking yeah, Anyone around that, that level, table? Villa? That level, for sure. I think Villa probably don't need yeah. it, but agreed. It's that kind of level he should aim for, which is like mid-table pushing on for the European spots. Maybe even Newcastle as a, yeah. as a squad player, though. Do you know what I mean? He'd be a good squad player for the top four. Yeah. Clubs, bring on, but... 
Newcastle's a good shout. He's much better than Anthony Gordon, so mm. that makes sense. Okay, like that. I mean, the rest of them, really, we know they're going to go. So James Madison, again, Newcastle, Tottenham, Chelsea, they'll be circling for sure. Mm-hmm. Big money from him. Agree with that. Tielemans? No rumours for Tielemans, nah. though. Interesting. It was weird. His contract. You said, I believe, on, on a pod, you said you believed that he had a deal in place of Arsenal, which is why there wasn't any rumours and any speculation. Yeah, so Do you still think that's the case? It's just gone quiet, isn't it? I mean, if I Google it, what are we saying? Yeah, it's, I mean, Newcastle... It feels like Arsenal's interest in him has waned as the season's gone on. And I think his defensive deficiencies mm-hmm. have really shown, actually. But as backup for Xhaka, if Xhaka's going to leave, then I certainly wouldn't be against it. But now that we seem to be in for Rice, and that seems serious, we'll come on to that, then... I don't know but we you know if Shaka goes then we need two midfielders so I still wouldn't be against it but it's gone quiet yeah I think he's a very solid like squad option for arguably any club bar City I'd say but I don't really know there's obviously a reason that no one's really talking about him I mean he hasn't I been really fantastic this season <laughs> he's part of a relegated side and you know, was it, yeah, was but it any a free good? transfer, twenty-five-year-olds, ex-wonder kids, like it's all there. I know, but it's a, there's a certain player. There's so much a certain like romantic side of that. You know what I mean? And then suddenly, because he's gonna have, he's gonna demand a high wage because he's gonna come on a free. Do you want to lock Tielemans down on a five-year at one hundred and twenty k a week? Oh, I don't think you do. If you're a big club, there's only one club for it, mate. There's only one club for it, and it's Juventus. Juventus. It's got to be. Juventus are gagging for a free a midfield. Midfield free transfer. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> yeah, but even then, they're getting bummed. Oh, I shouldn't say that. They are getting worked on with their uh, current scandals, with their fruity accounting. Their creative accounting is uh, probably the best diplomatic way of putting it. So maybe they can't even afford him. Now, last one, Ian Acho you've put in here. Very true. I actually think Ian Acho might stay. I don't think there's going to be much interest in Ian Acho. I don't know, mate. I feel like he's actually quite a good number nine. He's quite street. Nah, you just have a soft spot for this guy. Like he's, he has one good game a season. You're like, yes, that's my striker. <laughs> it's it's possible. I do really like him. I think he's you're just thinking of that game I against like Tottenham. Acho, that's all you're thinking about. Look, right, listen. Ian Acho to Wolves, Bournemouth. Wolves. Everton makes perfect sense. Wolves to replace Jimenez. Yeah, that does Wolves make Wolves or Everton. Sense. Yeah. Perfect sense. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Okay, I'll let you off. Now, what comes next for Leicester? You've got a quote here from Gary Lineker, which I think sums it up quite nicely, so I'll let you release that. Yeah, he said it on Match of Day, and I think it's, it's fair. It's a very level-headed opinion. If you'd been offered a Premier League title and an FA Cup and a relegation, you'd have taken it. Oh, yeah. So... They came, they saw, they conquered, and now they exit. It's here's a here's a nice way of looking at it. They are the most successful promoted club since the Premier League began in 1992. They're far better team than when they came. They're the only one. They are a more successful club than every team that's ever played the Premier League, apart from maybe about five. They're probably the sixth most because they they're the only ones that have won the league. Yeah. They're an exclusive company with that with that Premier League win for sure. I don't think. Yeah, I mean it's sad that Leicester have gone because you just felt they were going to be a staple of the Premier League. But football is cyclical and you can't rest on your laurels. Now, I think this is a good point. Was it a mistake sacking big Brendan Rodgers? 
I think the mistake was not sacking him sooner, to be honest. Mm. The, the warning signs were there from last season into this season. Post World Cup, they had a little bounce and then it was awful again. I know, but you know so, what? The opposite, the opposite side of the argument is they fire him, people be up in arms. Oh, he's won the fucking FA Cup. He got him to Europe. Like, there's no faith in managers. Yeah. You know, like that whole argument comes but, in. With the benefit of hindsight, it looks like a mistake now they're going down. Well, I mean, Dean Smith certainly didn't improve them. You know, their interim manager certainly didn't improve. I just. I think I think he's just kept Brendan because at the end of the day they've gone down anyway and Brendan probably got more of a tune out of them although they were pretty dog but anyway we need to move on because we're running out of time already lol West Ham they didn't care about this game did they? yes they did not They're, they are fully focused on the Europa Conference League final next week and I wanted to spend two minutes talking about this before we move on because I'm not sure if we're going to cover that game properly we'll try to but Let's talk about Fiorentina quickly before I ask you how you think that you're going to do. I've pulled this from who's scored, so these are just stats, right? Fuck it. If they're right, they're wrong. doesn't matter. But it seems like Fiorentina, they finished ninth in Serie A, so I feel like that's quite a nice balanced final. Two teams kind of roughly in the same like area of the football pyramid. Fiorentina, they're actually a big set-piece team. They get most of their goals from set pieces, from crosses. Um, so they're like, the way to imagine them, I guess, is like a very traditional Italian team in that they're resolute at the back. They're hard to break down and they'll hit you on the counter mm. um, and make the most of set pieces. So I think it's quite an interesting game, actually, because on paper they actually sound quite quite British almost in their approach. And in terms of danger men, they've got Amrabat, World Cup star. Do you remember him? Mm. Um, star of the... Moroccan midfield and Luka Jovic as well who's always got a point to prove feels like a very West Ham player so there are a few danger men and I think it'll be a really good game actually what do you think is going to happen? Oh, stodgy nil-nil winner in extra time which way it goes I just don't know it depends which West Ham turns up but they've had a good run in Europe and it'd be nice West Ham to win a European trophy I'd be all for it all for it after their heroics against Me too. Hazel Atmar so yeah Nice bits of stats there. I agree. That's new. I wish we could spend more time on it, but we simply can't. Everton won. Bournemouth nil. <laughs> yes. I went big in Jan and I put put it on it's true. my chest. I said it. It's true. I said it. Sean Dyche is the best transfer of Jan and he's going to get Everton out. And he did with another Sean Dyche special. A 1-0 win at home. Here's some fun stats for you. Sean Dyche has won five of his 18 games in charge. Strong. Four of them were 1-0 home wins. And one was that 5-1 away win at Brighton, which made no sense. No sense. So he came with one brief. 1-0 wins at home. Gets us out of this mess. Points per game, 1.17 under Dyche. Under Lampard, 0.69. In in 29 games under Lampard, they got four wins. In 18 under Dyche, they've got five. The improvement is... He's basically doubled their points per game since coming. Yeah, that's pretty stark. A shows how awful Lampard is as a manager, which we've now confirmed since he moved to Chelsea. But I think he deserves a lot of credit because Everton were genuinely the worst team in the Prem when he took over. Easily. And he's managed to steer them to survival without any signings in Jan or any investment. You know what? Looking at the cold hard stats, yeah, that is more impressive than I thought. 
I mean, they've just become more solid at the back, and obviously their creative output's gone out, but under Frankie, they were just shipping goals and not scoring. Let's just condense this down. Will he stay, or will he go? What, Sean Dyche? Mm Mm-hmm. He'll definitely stay. He's got James Tarkovsky there. My concern is is that there's 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 a limit with Dyche ball. And I fear that they'll just continue to be dragged into relegation battles if they continue this type of football. I'm not saying Sean Dyche isn't capable of expanding a more expansive football, but for what it was firefighting this job. It's a big Sam jobby, this one. Right? So personally oh, definitely. if I was Everton, I would I'd probably cut my ties, but it's hard. You wouldn't do that to the manager saved you. But I, I do feel The thing is they could do better. Of all the managers They've experimented with all different kinds, all different styles. And this is the only one that has kind of stabilised them. You know, like Ancelotti, they were top for a bit. And then they started just plummeting. And since then, it's just been a a train wreck. So I honestly think a season of stability would actually be quite a nice change. Like just finishing 14th, not being involved in the relegation battle particularly, would actually be quite nice. Because they've had two seasons of Great Escapes now. And that... That is a Sunderland kind of whirlpool. Yeah, well, this is what I mean. Getting away with it. Need to break that habit big time. Now, let's have a quick word on AFC Bournemouth. They lost. They don't care. (laughs) They don't care. They beat the odds. Pretty much. Every football commentator had them going down. Wasn't even a question. And here they are in 15th. Massive success. Their takeover happened. It's actually ludicrous. They did some great signings in January. Their squad's far better than the one that got thrashed 9 0 at Anfield. It's looking good. Yep looking really good I wouldn't be surprised if they're still back in the relegation zone next season just because that is the nature of the Prem mm. you are only good right now it's bad true. summer few people leave mate you're right back in it but they can be happy they can be they weren't expected happy. to survive and they've guaranteed another season in the Prem another round of TV money and for that 10,000 seat stadium that is big money I stand by it Gary O'Neill not being in the manager of the year contention is uh, an absolute travesty but anyway be waiting for this one Arsenal 5 Wolves nil. great game Wolves are so bad you know Le Pettigree clearly is going to leave he clearly doesn't care Wolves have got too many issues I think they could be a relegation candidate if I understand that their finances are pretty poor at the moment not a lot of investment coming in the summer some big big stalwarts leaving Neves expected to leave Jimenez expected well is leaving mm-hmm. I don't think it's looking good I think it's a great shout yeah I think yeah they're primed to be next season's Leicester I think it's a really great shout to be honest mm-hmm. I think there's all the makings of a too good to go down team right there mm-hmm. that just tumble mm-hmm. and tumble I think it's it, been great this season no they haven't they've been pretty rubbish and I think they're just lucky that they've just been I think Le Pettigree has saved them from a relegation scrap and especially the beginning of his tenure earlier in the year um, mm. and that's really saved them but they've become worse and worse as the season's gone on and 5-0 really flats us because they were just so bad defensively there were some great goals scored by Arsenal and it felt like first half season Arsenal and that's funny because the pressure's clearly off because we've lost it and there you go 5-0 win to end it now Xhaka testimonial I understand he's going to leave I think he's going to leave. He did his little lap of honour at the end. His family were there. His brother was there. He's going to leave. Two goals. First time he's ever scored two in a game for Arsenal in the Premier League. Love that. Love that. Genuine output from the big man. Um, Should have got a hat-trick. 
Should have got a hat-trick. Got a hat-trick was there. But, but he's going out an Arsenal legend. That is, yeah. It's unbelievable the turnaround that he's had. I'm trying to think if anyone's had such a such a big swing. Mate, the fact that Arsenal that fans are chanting, Granit Xhaka, we want you to stay. It's such a nice kind of juxtaposition if you think back it's to the right time. Crystal Palace 2019 getting booed off telling the fans to fuck off rightly so it's just nice like, I'm glad that everyone got that send off for him because underrated Jacker used for too long in a defensive role that didn't suit him he brings so much to this young Arsenal squad and I'm so grateful for all he has done and yeah maybe right time you know and there's nothing there's no shame in that there's no shame in that it was a top performance you, from Arsenal and I'm very happy with a 5-0 win are you at peace then are you are you at peace with him going now I think he's earned the right to decide his future he already gave us an extra year last year when he could have gone to Roma under Mourinho but his love for the club kept him another year and you, don't, you can't buy loyalty these days mate no you can't no you can't that's a good point I think I think it's a good time for him to go. You can get a bit of money for him. Everyone's feeling good about it. And this is the weird thing about legacy. It's all about timing. If he'd left at any other point, he wouldn't have this status. But he's had an exceptional season. One exceptional season at the end of your career puts very rose-tinted glasses on the rest of the, the kind of years you've been there. Oh, I don't think it's just that, though. I think people like have finally seen the value in Xhaka. And then they look back and they think, he only got two red cards in his whole career with Arsenal in the Premier League can I add that's actually wild yeah. that stat doesn't make any sense to me no you know but like he will be remembered for the flashpoints and the episodes and the straight up shithousery but I, I we've always wanted a, like we were crying for a naughty bastard midfield for so long and now suddenly we had one it's like oh who is this man um, but yeah. yeah you thought you wanted it didn't you but you weren't ready for it in hindsight no but honestly for me um, just an absolute marshal I loved it Last note before the break. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Kiwior? Kiwior? Yeah, Jakob Kiwior. Kiwior. Has more Premier League goals this season than, than Mudrick. More Premier League goals than Mudrick this season. No. Are you finally going to admit? No. He's a big flop. You you dodged a the bullet there. You dodged a the bullet there. He looks so bad at football right no. now. No. 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 Mikhailo, if you're listening, bro, yeah. I know I gave you some shit on your DMs on Instagram when you joined Chelsea, but... There's a player in there. <laughs> I did. I really did. I did. Because I was, I was DMing him being like, come on, bro, come to Arsenal now. I was so invested for no reason in this saga in January. Yeah, I don't know why. Then, you need to let it go. I'm telling nah. you now, this is Lazar Markovic. This is Lazar nah, Markovic. Nah. He's quite fast nah. and he's young. Under the, right, under the right tutelage, he would have come good. But anyway, we're going to take a break. Madrid is the GOAT. Premier League legend. And um, we'll see you off the break. Free... Oh, I was about to do the count. <laughs> about to do the count. <laughs> oh, scene, scene behind the bloody curtain. Oh, I got to see Mikhailo's okay. my head went free. I just can't cope. Anyway, see you after the rape. All right, anyway, we'll be back. <laughs> Backseat Football Podcast. We are going to go through the rest of the games. Sorry, I don't like doing that at the moment. I just don't know why. I just, I just like it's doing good. it. It's good, mate. Don't, don't, don't change. Don't change. 
don't just think keep I can. It the same. I don't, it's just it's just it's just regressing into something awful. <laughs> Southampton four, <laughs> Liverpool four. Fucking hell, what a game! <laughs> There's always one. There's always <laughs> one, one mental mental game <laughs> on the last weekend that makes no sense. This is the same as like. Do you remember that? This is going to sound crazy. Do you remember Middlesbrough beat Man City eight one on the last yeah, day of the season? Yeah, I do. You know what's funny about it's that? It's that I kind remember, of game. I remember that even the player, what was his name? Alfonso Alves. Don't know who he is. Yeah, I just he got a trick. Yeah, I think it was, the, like, it was his only goals he ever scored for Middlesbrough, but that's what I mean. You can get your name in folklore. Will this game be it? Yeah. I don't know, but Firmino scored in his last game. That must be emotional for you. It's not It's not nice to see Firmino go. If it were up to me, I'd give him one more year because he's actually scored 11 Premier League goals this season in half the minutes of like... Nunes, I think for example, he's chosen. So though, he's he? still a. He has chosen. The option was there, and he's decided that now's a good time. Again, uh, it's what you said. It, it's like right time, isn't it? Yeah, like he's not starting every game. Oh, but I love him so much. He's such a nice player, you know. He's like he's a hipster player. You really appreciate him, and I feel like phasing him out. We've done it well, but. Are we going to find a better player to bring on or like rotate? Definitely not. He's an extremely special player and probably probably unique to what I've ever seen at Liverpool in my lifetime. I don't think I've ever seen a player quite like him. There's very few. He's a bit like Bergkamp, for example. It's not about the goals. It's about the player. Or like Berbatov, mm-hmm. people like that. You know, it's about so much more. You just kind of have to, you just have to watch him when he's in mm-hmm. full flow. Mm-hmm. But Arsenal fans will be happy because he is the bane of Arsenal. So yeah, that's one I from it all. Certainly won't be sad to see him leave from a selfish point of view. But we can all, I think it's unanimous really. He's a, he's a bloody good player. And he was kind of the trailblazer for the false nine, which is still trendy now. So Bobby, we salute you. You've got one of the best chants in English football. I hope you're proud of that. And great stint, Liverpool legend. 4-4. Definitely secured. What happened? What happened? So, basically, Southampton gave away one of the worst goals you could ever give away. Passing out from the back, just passed it straight to Jota with an open goal. That was 1-0. Done. And then Firmino scored a really nice goal after some great build-up. We're just trashing them at this point, you know? Like, the high press was trashing them. And then I don't really know. We just did our classic Liverpool thing of just giving away a shit goal. And then, before you know it, it's 4-2. a word for Kiva Kelleher. He had his, I think, first Premier League start of the season. Let in four goals. Looked generally pretty awful. I still think he's a really good goalie, but it's not what you want before the summer where they're almost certainly going to try and shift him on. Yeah. That's dropped five mil off his price tag immediately. <laughs> Especially so that's not ideal. <laughs> yeah, they're not exactly the most prolific. So. God knows what happened, but it was one of those weird lineups like Simicast last game, probably Milner last game, Firmino last game, Oxlade last game. It doesn't really batter. No one really cares. But it just sums up, I think, Liverpool in general this season that score quite a lot of goals, let in a lot of stupid goals, and generally deserve to be where we are. But it was really fun. So that's that. It was a fun end and it was a bit of a dead rubber, you know, because there really was nothing to play for for either team. Nothing so to play for. This is where these, these big, stupid results get spawned from. Um, so let's talk about the impact for next season. So Southampton. Do you reckon they're going to get ransacked? 
I think I think they will get ransacked, but I think they actually this actually might be quite good for them. I think they lost their identity. So this might be a good opportunity for them to rebrand as like a sort of top four under twenty one release player development club because that's what they were going for in the summer, but they tried to do it too quickly. So if they could get the next round of releases this summer, get a couple of lone players as well, I think they could bounce back relatively quickly. They just need to find out who they are again. But they've got a new manager already coming in, so seems like they're they've got some sort of plan in place, which is more than most teams going down. Looking at you, Leeds. So I I am optimistic for them because they were a really good club at one point, and I feel like the Premier League makes more sense when they're in it. I think some Southampton fans are probably looking forward to it. Might actually win some games for once. They've had some crappy seasons, yeah. especially the, the latter end of Ralph's reign, and this season's just been rubbish. So, yeah, agreed. It's just a question of whether they can hold on to their talent. I think Lavia's dead on to go, but let's see. Now, Liverpool. Rebuild. Now, obviously, we all know the symmetry between Jurgen Klopp's reign at Dortmund and how in the seventh season they had a drop off now that's happened again mm-hmm. at Liverpool the difference is he will be given the opportunity to rebuild Liverpool where he you know moved on from Dortmund after that season so this is uncharted territory for Klopp can he do it? It will be interesting our transfers have got slowly worse over the years and we haven't addressed issues very early which is why we've got to this point. It could have been avoided had we had a bit more hindsight. So I am a bit concerned that we'll go into the summer with these big expectations and then basically we'll come out of it with a couple of free transfers, one big money signing, and we haven't really addressed the issues. And Henderson's still starting most of the games, for example. So I am a bit nervous because FSG don't tend to go all out. We usually get one big one, like last summer. Nunes was a big one hasn't really worked out and then it was like Calvin Ramsey Fabio Carvalho and was that it? that might have been it I think that was it you know? and then we bought Gakpo Gakpo to basically replace Nunes because that was a mistake um, so I think there are great players out there McAllister seems the most likely to be done soon but I would like to see us ransack some of the relegated clubs and just be a bit brutal Lavia Bellum Kotchap they both seem like obvious choices to like introduce youth but also high quality players into the squad not necessarily in the starting 11 we just need to have a proper think about it but I'm less since Michael Edwards left I'm not feeling as good about our transfers and seeing well, as we need a big overhaul I can see at least half of those not working out Julian Ward leaving too at the end of the season following his good mate Mikey out the door we have Schmatka yeah. from Germany look like he's coming in as sporting director be interesting to see what you do. I mean, McAllister will be a strong buy, in my opinion, um, but that will take a big chunk of the budget out if it's for the price quoted. I think it's around 63 mil, which is well done, Brighton. Um, so it'll yep. be interesting to see. You said Carvalho. We should touch on him before we move on. Yeah, one one season, about 11 minutes in the Prem. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> one goal. Like winning goal against Newcastle in the 97th minute. I don't know what is going on, but he is, he is primed for a contentious exit he must have fallen out of Klopp the only thing I can think of is that we don't play with a cam and he doesn't quite fit any other role but I don't really understand why we would have bought him in the first place if that was the case so I don't really like the way he's being treated I feel like in a shitty season young players talented young players like him 
is the answer. Like Curtis Jones has come good in the last few weeks. Just freshen it up, try things, try things out. But if we can get like twenty mil for him, for example, made a good profit. Fair enough. I just don't think Klopp fancied him for whatever reason. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now over to Villa Park, who have. Both teams have just secured European football for the first time in what's feel like forever for the fans. Aston Villa 2, Brighton Hove 1, a good battle from the best of the rest and a good win for Villa. Very well surmised. And yeah, you're right actually. Both European contenders next season. Villa will be the least happy because Unai doesn't really like missing out on the Europa League. However, I think once he has a little sleep on it and he thinks about it, he'll realise that he's dominated Europa League. It's too easy now. What is the Conference League? It's new. Can he Mate. demolish it? Unai's taken Villa. Of course he fucking can. From 19th to 7th. Yeah. That's nuts. That's crazy. Unai Emery is going to win the Europa Conference League next season. I think so. I think so. Have you heard who 100%. they're trying to sign? Asensio on a free. <laughs> the ambition knows no Fuck bounds. Off. Oh my days. They could pull it off as well. They could. Villa what a, coup. a weird club. Yeah, they have a pool that we don't quite understand. Maybe it's the history. It's Perslow times money times history times Unai. It's all right there. One thing that I think is really interesting about Villa, and we can talk about specifics, there's a lack of rumours about a lot of their players. You feel like they're going to have next season to really crack on with the same squad in a way that Brighton have rumours swirling around them constantly. Brentford have a few rumours around like David Raya, Thomas Frank... Ivan Tony before the ban. Villa, no noise. Jacob Ramsey, six goals, seven assists this season. Um, young, English, very talented. No noise. Douglas Luiz, like playmaker extraordinaire. Jorginho, 2.0. No noise. There's no noise about any of their players. Emi Martinez, World Cup winner. Not really any noise. So, mm, I think it's interesting. I think they're going under the radar a bit. More noise. It suits them. More noise about Emi, but I agree. They... I think players are very happy in middle like Douglas Luiz signed a new contract after big interest from Arsenal so yeah I think it's looking good for Villa and if they I trust Unai to you know get the right players for mm-hmm. his system you know he brought in who's that left back Moreno fantastic brilliant just got rid of Digne yeah fuck Digne he was crap <laughs> according to Unai just brought in his player and they play great football and I think a 2-1 win over Brighton is well deserved let's go on to Brighton 2-1 doesn't really matter because they've got Europa League and they deserve it doesn't matter they were they were all on the lash anyway I'm sure doesn't yeah. matter and also it was it was more like a testimonial for McAllister and Caicedo what I like about Deserbi is there's no bullshit with him he's literally mm-hmm. said they're both leaving the club this summer mm-hmm. who wants them this is the price they're going don't worry about it so it's and come out with the Zerbi that with Caicedo, obviously there was a whole Arsenal bid, the Instagram post, acrimonious on the deadline mm-hmm. day. Um Zerbi managed to convince him to stay. He signed his new contract and he said if a suitable offer comes in the summer, we will sell you. And I believe he's a man of his word. He's already said in his post-match, post-match conference they are going to leave. And I love that. You know, he's, he's referenced it a few times throughout the season, but it says, you know, we are Brighton. This is how we operate. He's under no illusions. And I wonder if he is happy with that kind of setup. But Brighton has been the perfect proving. It's been the platform for him to get his name out there. Deserbi is now going to be the manager across top continental clubs. Oh, his his next job will be a Champions League contending club. No I, th- I could see him. It could be Juventus. It yep. could be 
Yeah, any Juventus, big club, Liverpool, any big club. Arsenal, any PSG. Any. Do you know what I mean? They're looking for a project yeah. manager. Like his stock's gone so through the roof, and you know he took over Brighton in a very tricky predicament. Feelings were low. Just lost Potter, lost Kukurea. Do you know what it is? He's like he's got all the good qualities of Potter in terms of like emotional intelligence, tactical quality, but he's also like he's got that aura of like don't mm. fuck with me. Mm-hmm. that Potter doesn't have Potter's mm-hmm. like the nice guy yeah. you know is like he will get in a boxing room and fight you if he doesn't there's an you. arrogance Potter will try and sit you down yeah. yeah there's an arrogance and a confidence to him that sets him in a different league to Potter I agree I agree so where do you think these two teams will end up next year do you think they can both kick on do you think they can improve on this season mm, I think I think it'll be hard for them to improve you can't say that Chelsea won't come back at some point and Liverpool have to be a bit better. Um, so I think, I think you know, just top 10 again. Like pushing Europa League, Conference League. I think that'd be a really good season. Especially with the complication of, you know, a lot more fixtures. Mm. I think just solidifying yourself in that sort of Spurs bracket and putting pressure on Spurs to sort of oust them permanently is, is good progress. Very nice. Very nice. Now we're going to move over to Old Trafford. Manchester United 2, Fulham 1. Wasn't comfortable for Manchester United almost had a little a little um, little trip on the final day it could have gone very different it couldn't it I I don't know how Fulham haven't got a point from this game realistically they I scored know. one wicked goal they had a lot of chances they got a penalty which Mitrovic missed um, De Gea doesn't Mitrovic save penalties missed. by the way he doesn't save De Gea penalties, doesn't save so. penalties did you see his celebration of course yeah mental so be happy he got to. the ball, just just booted it into the stands and just let out a big roar after saving the penalty. Absolutely he it. deserves it. Um, he does. There's a lot of frustration that's built up with him. Golden Glove winner, and yet coming to the end of his contract, no real interest from most clubs in him at the moment, including Manchester United. It's a weird one. So it just shows being a good shot stopper is irrelevant. Getting the most clean sheets is irrelevant. Can you pass the ball with your feet or not? And that is it. That's the most important thing for a goalkeeper now. I agree. I agree. I mean, he's from a different time now, De Gea, in terms of his... It's almost it's weird, isn't it? Like, goalkeeping abilities, like pure instinctual goalkeeping abilities in terms of saving goals. It's now really like... Meh, meh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so can weird. he pass? You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's so weird. But there has to be a place for him somewhere. Atletico Madrid seems the obvious choice then, but Oblak will just be there until Oblak decides he's done with it, really. But that's probably the most logical. Maybe Inter Milan, they don't seem like they're that bothered about playing out from the back. But yeah, Italy beckons yeah. For, our, for old Dave. And I think with his current wage, I think it's time to... It's a hard one, I don't know. Respect his legacy and what he's done at United, because let's not forget, he's been there through some turgid, turgid seasons. And almost single-handedly oh, saved yeah. their season. So, I think he also, like Xhaka, has earned the right to decide what he does next. Agreed. He is the best piece of the lost legacy that's still there. But Man United want to move in a different direction and he's sort of like, he doesn't quite fit into it. But he's got them to this point when they're a joke club. So, I agree. I agree. He deserves to, to call time on it when he wants. A, a, a good start on Mitro. He's missed four penalties this season. 
That's four fucked up. penalties. That's Some clubs up. haven't even had four penalties. This is the most of any player in Premier League history. Oh, you are so bitter about you and bloody penalties with Liverpool, mate. Look, you would have... Even if you had 12 penalties, you would have come fifth. Right? <laughs> you just got to let it go. you got to let it go now. <laughs> we might not have, though. <laughs> we might not have. <laughs> could have been different. <sighs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. You're probably... You're, you're, you're going to talk about that Arsenal one again, aren't you? Back at the Emirates in, like, fucking October. Always. That's a great one, my mind. That's my, that's my defining memory of this season. Uh, that Gabriel handball. Kill me now. Kill Fuck me now. Fuck that guy. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's get on to a contentious question for you. Mm. Manchester United have come third this season and they've won the Carabao Cup. They've got the FA Cup final this weekend. I know what's coming. If they win that, or even if they lose that, have they had have a better season a than everyone else, apart from Man City? I don't know, mate. How much value do you put in the Carabao Cup? Would it make your season better? You won it last year. I mean, it would. It would make our season better, but it wouldn't make a massive difference to my mood. No. I think Man United fans need to cling on to that because their title charge flopped in February. And, you know, United fans traditionally, right, United fans, don't cancel me, traditionally are used to glory. So they'll cling on to any old tin pot mm. and say, you know, we're the best team in the world. Do I think they've made strides since Ollie's season? Yes. Do I think they're... Without a big summer of investment, I don't see them really improving on their position. I just don't. Fair enough. So that's a resounding... What is that? Have they had a better season than Arsenal? I mean, I guess so, because they've won a trophy. I'm not, I'm not stupid, but I still would have preferred our title race and a Carabao Cup exit to Brighton then you know fighting Newcastle third and fourth do you know what I mean like it's been exciting as an Arsenal fan put the trophies aside like we've won a couple yeah. of FA Cups it's it's a nice little boost you know like injecting my veins it's nice to see us lift something but I think if you're going to cling to Carabao Cup that really says a lot more about where Man United are than say you know anyone else's season so yeah stick that in That's... your pipe and smoke it United fans <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's see how the FA Cup final um, goes yeah I've got nothing more to say on that, that uh, Fulham things, is interesting I don't have a lot of hope before we move on they've had a weird season where mm. you know they've had one of those seasons where they've just massively outperformed their XG so is it is it anomaly or is it is it gonna is it consistent I think I think yeah they look primed for a second season syndrome slide second season syndrome slide yes that I think they look prime for that because they have... I mean, we, we had a look at the stats. Like, Leno has outperformed his XG by a lot. And Willian almost certainly can't keep doing it. <sighs> There's a lot of players. They've just had streaks almost consistently. One player has been on a goal-scoring streak and then another player will take the baton on almost throughout the entire season. So, I see what you're saying. I think if they're smart... They'll have a look at those relegated clubs and try and pick up some of the better players there and beef out the team a bit. Um, but Marco Silva's a weird coach, you know. It's it's hard to honestly know if he is good mm. because he's had some really good moments and some really abject moments. Mm-hmm. And it only takes one sort of run of like seven games without a win for all of those reservations to come back around him. I agree. You know, Watford stint, good. Everton, really bad. Fulham, good. But then 
Will it go bad? Yeah, let's just see. It's a fun ride with Fulham, but again, it's good to see them in the Premier League. I love Fulham. They're a staple club for the top leagues in, in England. No favouritism. Yep. Now let's go to arguably the biggest shock, but well, not really that much of a shock. Brentford won, Man City nil. Now we should caveat this and say Man City basically played their B team because they don't give a fuck. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Their B team was still good, you know? Yeah. Their B team was still solid. Yeah. But Brentford, two wins. Two massive wins, if you think about it. Tottenham away, mm-hmm. City at home, without Ivan Tony, who's obviously been banned for his betting behaviour. I wonder how much he bet on this game. Um, probably put those on City, <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> oh, there were so many good memes about that. There was so a picture of him many. in the tunnel because he's not allowed on the pitch. But it's just like, you know that he bet on City to win. That's why he's upset. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's got an addiction. We shouldn't laugh too much because he's he's genuinely nah, got a problem. It's true. But you know yeah. it, how ironic is that Brentford are literally sponsored by a betting company, and yet they take such a hard line with betting for players. You know, it's just stupid, in my opinion. As one or the other, it's not both. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, isn't it? Because you're literally waving it in someone's face, and they'd be like, "Why are you addicted? What's yeah. your problem? What's yeah. wrong with you?" It's not like you've worn like a betting sponsor for the last two years every weekend, you know. And like, he's probably done promotional ads for that sponsor as well mm. as part of like oh. media duties. Oh, of course, mate. Of course. And I, yeah. Uh, Southgate made some interesting comments about that, which is like the kind of aftercare for players in these situations. He's not allowed to train. So what the fuck is he supposed to do for eight months? You know, like it really isn't well thought That's through. That's so dumb. Isn't it? It's, well, it's no. not well thought through at all. So um, Ivan. It's actually a ludicrous decision. It is. That's and ludicrous, you, mate. You we know, are with you. The punishment is so much worse than any other incident. I know. Including like racism. Oh, like twenty-five thousand euro racism. Yeah, like and you're like, oh, betting. I dare you, you piece of shit. You cannot train or play football ever again. No. What the fuck is that about? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's fucking insane. But I guess I have to set a precedent, otherwise everyone will do it. But it just smacks of like just not living in the real world and that his punishment actually got reduced on appeal but anyway we could go on a whole pod about that we we need to talk about the game or do we I mean it was a pretty boring game Pinnock gets a win in the 85th it was it's, it's brilliant for Brentford you know and they've done the double yeah. over City like you said in the notes who, who has done that in the last few years who's done the double over City I can't think of anyone maybe Palace did it in some sort of ropey season last season yeah season maybe before. yeah maybe Palace but these stats are massively skewed based on the fixtures though and the schedule we should say like this was a meaningless game where City didn't really turn up but nonetheless they still did it the irony of this with City drawing at Brighton and losing to Brentford is that the final gap between Arsenal and City is only five points and obviously City would have taken these more seriously if they hadn't won the title but it does just show that the gap wasn't that far and we kind of assumed that City would win all the games they may have won them anyway but the fixtures haven't been kind to Arsenal I would suggest because Brentford away and Brighton away are both really hard games and to have them as meaningless fixtures that don't matter is unfortunate when Arsenal have had to play both those games with points on the line yeah but you know it's always some buts isn't it you know they, you can't you can't predict the scheduling at the end of the day you can't predict the Queen dying she- when you put it back Come on. Come on, mate. We both know that City have got fingers in the scheduling pie. <laughs> Why do you think every single season in all of the domestic cups and all of the European cups they get drawn of Shakhtar, Colchester and a load of bullshit? 
Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. How many times have City no, played no, a proper no. team in any cup competition no, right. in the last five years? I don't know why I'm here acting like it's City the most innocent club in the world. <laughs> there are 115 <laughs> charges looming over them. It's not out of the realms of possibility, mate. Let's be fair. I'm not going to rule it out because I can't. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have a lot to say about this game other than I think Brentford have done excellent this season. And the fact that it's held off towards the they end have. of the season just goes to show how well they did in the beginning of the season. That is their strat though. They go hard, they secure their position in the Premier League, they have a little drop off and then sometimes they recover and have a little run at the end. But this is their highest ever Premier League finish. Ninth place. Mental. Congratulations. I think next season... Same again. That should be the aim. I think Another so. Top half finish really solidify your position as a Premier League club. Um, I think so. It will get harder. People will take you more seriously, but they're just—they're really good. They're good at set pieces. They're good at innovation. They try things. They're direct. You know, they're, different. they're strong. You know, they have good chemistry yeah. between the players. They have a good squad, and if anything. It's a surprise that them coming ninth really isn't a surprise because they've only been in the Premier League. What is this their second season? Could be wrong. Could be their second third season, season ever. It, Insane. I think it's their second season ever. Yeah, it's it's really impressive that it's not even looked at as a big achievement. That's how mm. well they've done. Now, David Raya seems like he's on his way out for about thirty-five mil this summer. A lot of rumours around Tottenham because they need a goalkeeper. I would I would put it out there and say why would you go to Spurs when they're in eighth and they're only a point ahead of you right now? Why wouldn't you no, be more ambitious? Be. No, but it's just not realistic to think like that, is it? That's like who else is looking for a goalie this summer? Maybe Man United, maybe Chelsea, maybe others. But he wants to stay in London. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many factors at play when it comes to this stuff that you can't take the points table at the end to be your main kind of factor in thinking in terms of, of leaving yeah, otherwise you know like no one's going to go to Liverpool why, why would McAllister go to Liverpool if he could be a Brian who only you know 6th place instead of 5th place yeah but it is different because it is Tottenham as horrible as it is to say they have no history of winning they have no history of winning or being competitive like you're nah. not going to Tottenham because this is a one off season and they'll bounce back and win some trophies next season you're going to Tottenham when they're in the mud and Harry Mate. Kane's probably going to leave. He's going Tottenham for a big payday and to play in one of the best stadiums in world football. I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. I think it's a mistake. Of course it's a mistake. Of course you do. Well, then McAllister's I making I think he should hold too. out. Wait and see. McAllister should hold like, out for we, a big we, club we, like Arsenal. You know, instead of that trash in Merseyside like Liverpool. Ugh, 67 points. Ugh. We win We win stuff. We have We have pedigree of winning stuff, all right? We fucking win stuff. <laughs> oh, no. All right? He's getting in the glory, glory Man United phase. <laughs> we win stuff, yeah? Like, we're a big club. It's been yeah. one no. year. All right, mate. <laughs> oh, he's rattled. He's rattled. Let's just leave it there. Let's just let that sit. Right, Chelsea won. Newcastle won. <laughs> Love that. Love that from you. Yeah, no, no, a bit of passion. Oh. Oh, <laughs> bored of talking about Chelsea minds. Why are they so bad? <laughs> I don't know. But they didn't they didn't lose this game. They they didn't score any goals, but they didn't lose. That is a real random quirk of where Chelsea are at. They've scored a goal, Newcastle scored it for them. Oh, that just says everything about it's Chelsea. It's irrelevant. To be fair. Yeah. Would you say, pound for pound, 
that this Chelsea season, when you consider all of the factors around it, the amount of money they've spent, the amount of players they've brought in, this is the worst season any Premier League club have had, pound for pound. Well, I find liking it to Chelsea's supposed worst season ever under Mourinho, where actually they saved it and came like seventh in the end. They might have even got top four, you know, fucking mental. Yeah, they've been abject from start to finish, and in the, since Abramovich has taken over, so young listeners may have never seen a Chelsea like this. Older listeners may think this is the normal for Chelsea, and it's interesting. It's a crossroads. Have lessons been learnt for Egg Barley and Bowley? Let's see. Let's mm-hmm. see. It's a big summer coming in. Poch has obviously been announced. Frank's on his way out. Do I think Poch is the man to save Chelsea? I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I, I don't, don't know. I don't see it as a great fit. Can... Nah, I mean, when you think about the two clubs Poch has had, excluding, obviously, Southampton, Spurs, Project Club, young players, everyone bought into it, small squad. PSG, big egos, big squad, didn't work. And, you know, when you think about Chelsea... They're not Spurs, are they? They're definitely PSG in that scenario. So well, I think they clear out about it. Clear out a number of players, and I'm sure that's going to be his first prerogative: is just to get rid and actually have a squad of 25. <laughs> yeah, apparently he's submitted a list already of everyone he wants to keep across. The yeah, primary squads and the under 21s. I think good what, luck getting rid of them. He can't do any worse. Surely. I'm not going to touch wood because I hope no, they do. do secretly, secretly, I hope they do do worse. So I'm not going to touch any wood. But surely he can't do any worse than what, what's happened this season. He cannot. He cannot. Frank no. Lampard, his Premier League management career should be done permanently. We should just close that book. No more handouts to friends. No more giving him advantages. He is awful as a Premier League manager. His record is so bad. I think he needs to go away for a bit. Wait till we've forgotten it, then just dip into League One or something. See how it goes. We'll go abroad, but his Premier League career should be done for the next few years. Agreed. Agreed. Now let's talk about Newcastle. Big summer coming up. I expect big signings. I do. Champions League football revenue coming in. FFP gonna like that. Now they bought smart mm. last summer. They didn't even extravagantly spend. They just bought really well. Maybe Isaac was a bit extravagant, but. It was a good signing anyway, right? Everyone knew it. Great young player. Great yeah, prospect. I, can't, I, can't, I don't see any just reason. Gonna be good. I don't see any reason why they would drop off suddenly. I just think they've got a great nucleus of a squad, a couple of additions to buff them out, you know, and Champions League football experience. I mean, it's a very exciting time to be a magpie. I'd agree. I almost feel like they've actually outperformed what their squad is right now. Like Jacob Murphy is not particularly good Dan Byrne not particularly good but they've both been so amazing Almiron not that good all of these players Eddie Howe has turned them into like credible like top six players even if it's just temporary it's been long enough throughout the season that they've got it done it's a really good job that he's done to be honest it's just a shame about the rest of the story about Newcastle but on the pitch they've done so well and I feel like they're going to replace Chelsea just allow the sports washing allow it (laughs) course through your veins be impressed by this project Saudi Arabia (laughs) is a good country and they're not just competing on all these different sports right to get your attention and make you visit that (laughs) fucking country alright I will not hear it alright 
I heard that the Saudis are just massive Newcastle fans and there's not much more to it. And they saw an opportunity and they took it. All right? So, look, if you say any more about it, we're going to get killed in the Saudi consulate. So we just need to stop talking and respect them. All right? Respect the sports washing because it's worked. And (laughs) I just fucking don't know. It has worked. It has worked. But shame shame on Newcastle. Shame on you. Sold your soul. Oof. I hope it's worth it at the end. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm sure it will be. Right. It fuck it will be. Of course it will. Fuck it. Right. Last game. Anyway. Well. Last pace. game. Yeah. Palace one. Palace one. Forest. Forest one. <laughs> <laughs> Great unison. Yeah. Great teamwork. The last game um, of the season, and we've done it like that. That was fitting. I like it. Yeah. It. It was boring. It wasn't that interesting, but the fun talking points are Michael Elise has got 11 assists now this season. He got another assist in this game. He's got the same number of, of assists as Saka this season Ooh. and the fourth most in the Premier League. Ooh. Now, if that does not smell like transfer speculation, what does? He's 21. He's gifted. He's talented. Everyone knows he's good. He's got an attitude problem, but he seems to have worked it out. And with numbers like that, not playing for a top six club a move to Newcastle a move to France to yeah I like Elise he's a fantastic player with a wicked left foot um, mm. doesn't he represent France though it's really sad that isn't it really sad that yeah that's why I feel like PSG you never know with them they make some rogue signings sometimes mm. and well the direction he, that they want to go be. in yeah he would fit the, the profile that they want to go for so wouldn't surprise me watch that space let's just be brief should Palace renew Roy for another season that's a good place to start what do you reckon yes yeah unequivocally yes do you know how fun Palace are again I know it's weird they're fun Roy's having a good time they asked him at the end of the season and he said well there's no job on the table so I can't answer that question implying make me an offer and I'll let you know how I feel good answer very good answer I mean what do you expect from Roy Hodgson at fucking like 78 seen it all done it all <laughs> literally nothing phases the man but he's the Don he's the Don and let's get one more season Just, I what, think Roy Ball. one more season with Roy you're guaranteed to stay in the Prem and then just see see what direction football's moving what kind of managers are available the rate is going you'll have your pick of half of the Premier League by December because you know sacking is such a ingrained culture at this point so I think just wait and see have him on a monthly rolling contract on a retainer just see how it goes yeah he's Fair. got Eze in the England squad for the first time I know that's what Roy does I know we've been banging that drum pre-World Cup and he's there love to see it I do wonder if Eze has a bit of protectionism going on there just like play for England yes play for England you know like Zaha <laughs> just Oh, mate, why wouldn't you? I'd be doing that if I was England manager. I'd be doing that with every half decent, contentious dual nationality player. I'd be like, "Hello, you've been called up to the England squad." A bit twelve, like eleven subs at half time. Just get them all on. Yeah. Get them all blooded. Show me a qualifier against San Marino. It's just like, right, boys, get them on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just lock them down. Chemistry. Hundred percent would do that. I do. I agree. I completely um, agree. The only, the only other really thing that I wanted to add is Awaniyi, first Forest player for about 20 years to hit double figures in the Premier League since Stan Collier. He got 10 goals. Obviously that's because they, ha- 
Fuck off. He's got 10 goals <laughs> no in way. the Premier League, which puts him level with Alexander Isaac and one behind Miggy Almiron. And yeah, Jay-Z's that's pretty season. mad. That's pretty mad, you know. I didn't know that. I thought he was rubbish. So And his goals per games ratio is like half everyone else's. It's unreal. Because he hasn't had many minutes. No, he hasn't. So he's been like, competing. Yeah. He's he's really like ramped up in the running and been sort of the star the star player. I did wonder why he didn't start more games and they were faffing around, but I guess they had so many players that were trying to work it out for ages. But yeah, good signing. I think big things for him next season. Another sort of 15-goal haul, potentially. Good player. Watch him get sold to Luton. Watch him get sold. Maybe. Maybe. And Maybe. I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Hit it. Bang. From the back seat. Season one. Is it end of season one? I guess it is, really, isn't it? It's, well, it's the end of the season. It's, so. Yeah. Look, it's the end of Premier League season one but we'll be back next week we're going to start doing our sort of heroes and villains of each club series from next week and we'll talk about the FA Cup as well so we're not going anywhere but we're going to enjoy it more we're going to expand the content we're going to dictate what we're talking about instead of the match days yeah and then we're going to talk about match days obviously match days will always be the bread and butter but we're just going to take a more rounded view and the implications of these match days as opposed to telling you what happened because you can watch it on YouTube for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's um, it. That's fucking yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's fucking it. Fucking Thank it. you everyone for listening. Your patronage and your ears have been appreciated. Mm-hmm. And we will, we will, we, we're just going to continue in the summer. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. But for all those who've been listening since episode one, a special place in our hearts and Absolutely. If, you, if you message us on socials you could be a guest if you've been here since day one you could be a guest you know guest what for an episode. I've had a beer so I'm going to dox him I don't give a shit right there's a guy I cut the recording he... alright cut the recording <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's a bit weird you're probably not listening at this point anyway yeah cut the recording no no Brother, recording. he's right. still end he's, of episode he's still listening he's still listening <laughs> No one needs to know. No one needs to know the inner workings of how uh, how much data actually gets tracked. On the internet. Yeah, you know no one needs God. to know that. I don't want to creep you up, but I see you. Like I literally see you. He's <laughs> <laughs> on Google Maps right now, just looking at the home address. I see, I see you. you. I see you. I am Sauron, and let me tell you, guys, we see you far and wide. We've reached. At least three continents this year with our pods, and I think that's pretty good, Dean. guys. I think that's pretty that's good. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Let's make it five next next season, guys. Let's make Oof. it five. Oh, I mean, we, we need to crack that. Oceania. It's true. We need to crack Africa. I think Africa is a prime market to crack. There's a lot of football Premier League fans there. Um, so yeah, Facts. we're gonna make our way. But guys, like Jack said, on a serious note, thank you for all the listening this year. We've actually gone over 2,000 listeners in the pod in total across all platforms, which is insane because me and Jack had no expectations at the start. So thank you again. And we'll see you next week for regular service.